Welcome to the Roanoke Weekly Podcast again. My name is Brad, and I'm here with Ariel and Xavier. How are you guys doing today? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? If it's not the morning for you, good morning tomorrow. <laughs> Save it for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and we should share that we normally do this on Monday, but we've got some travel plans coming up, so we're doing this on a Friday a little bit early. But uh, we trust that the news is still the news. So The news that's, is the news. Well, that's not really how it works, but we're going to just cross <laughs> our fingers <laughs> here. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I wanted to kick us off with sort of a, a random question I wanted to ask you guys. Um, if you were going to get a tattoo, would you get a cheaper tattoo if you didn't know what the drawing was going to be? Would you get a random tattoo given to you out of a, like, basically a token machine? I would. you do it? I would. Oh, man. Where, but you would you put it somewhere, like, hidden, or would you put it somewhere exposed? No, I would definitely do exposed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would definitely do Exposed. I All think right. that would be the joy of it. Yeah, it's, it's a great conversation it's starter. Definitely. Well, the re- Brad, I'm guessing your answer is no. I'm not going to tattoo anyway, right. so it okay. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, well, I, I wanted to bring this up because one of our local tattoo studios, Imagine Inc., unveils a luck of the draw, unveil a, a luck of the draw <sighs> tattoo machine. So it's $75, and you get a token, and you like spin this thing, and it pops out an original what? design. 75 bucks. By professional artists. Oh, I thought you said 75 cent. Oh, no, no. $75. Oh, no. That's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. I might, I might as well All right. get it. Well, we're at a no, no, no on that, I think. Yeah, but okay. it's cool, and I'm, I'm excited to see people's tattoos from that. So, uh, You know, I think this will be a recurring refrain in some ways. But for me, it's just, it seems like something that people in New York City would do. Or I love that idea. But just, it's like, what if you get a yeah. middle finger? I bet they don't have anything too too crazy too, yeah. too like yeah. you know just butterflies yeah. they probably keep it dragons P- yeah PG rated yeah. drawings I mean, and like flowers etc. Let's yeah. be honest, I, I would get a huge dragon tattoo. Yeah, here, but, yeah. it's probably like a, a a filled with emojis or something. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, you know, <laughs> stick with a theme. Okay, let's move on to more serious things. Um. Well, I just wanted to share uh, that, uh, you know, we talked last week, we had mentioned this in passing, but it's a, they've had their official open house at this point, the Goodwill Youth Center that's getting opened up in, in Northwest. And I, the thing I really want to emphasize here is that they're still looking for some of what this is going to be. So if you have ideas of what this should be, uh, I would encourage anybody to reach out to them because I think they're still figuring that out at the moment. So if you think there needs to be something that's not available right now, let them know and they can potentially make that happen. So, Yeah, I think that's a, a, a huge move for that community. I live right down the street. So to see that go from Goodwill to a, a community uh, youth haven, I should say, especially with all the kids that go to the barbershop right there and um, the hair salons and K&J's food, it's perfect. It's, it's absolutely perfect. And you got Forest Park right down the street. Mm-hmm. It's well, perfect. You're going to have the library right there soon. You got the library so. right there, yeah. It's, um, that's, that's definitely good. Very cool. It's nice to give people places to go. Yeah. Well, it's nice. Important. You know, we talk a lot about in the city creating these neighborhood hubs. And so mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, between there's already a natural little corridor mm-hmm. there of some stuff. And so to see some more energy and stuff going in there, I think yeah. that's. It's a lot of traffic that way too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to to be able to have a place for the kids to go, um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. 
I'm happy. Well, if Xavier's happy, we're all happy. That's how it works. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, speaking of some development, this is in downtown Roanoke. I have been curious about the historic Liberty Trust building at 101 South Jefferson Street for a while, ever since they started renovating it, which to me, it seems like it's been a long time that they've started to do some of the, you know, internal renovations. Um, But it recently was purchased by a Fairfax-based company affiliated with a um, hospitality group called Savara Hospitality. So it's looking to be a boutique hotel that will open some, it will be complete sometime in 2019. Um, So that'll be interesting to add to our new kind of recent array of downtown accommodation options, you know, with the various hotels that have gone in all over the whole stretch of downtown. Um, this will be a boutique version, which we were discussing what that means earlier, and we were all like, mm, fancier, possibly. <laughs> so we'll keep an eye on that and keep you updated. It is, you know, as someone who schedules events in the Valley, hotel room space downtown is a huge is a huge deal. And I think, you know, you talk to the folks that do economic development, they tell you that it's a major limiting factor on yeah. lack of hotels. When we get tax mm-hmm. revenue from hotels for mm-hmm. the community too. So that's important for a lot of the kind of ripple effect of those, what they call heads and beds, you know, those, those tax dollars. Yeah. So it's good to have more of it as long as we don't have too many. Which uh, as I don't with think everything. so yet. Yeah. 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 All right. We have an update on something we've talked about a few times, which is the pipeline. So Brad, do you want to? Yeah. So just two kind of, Quick updates on this one, just being that it now looks like, you know, we're pushing back into 2019, they're saying, for when completion for this will happen, Um, you know, even with really long days and such. But, uh, you know, I think that's not surprising to anybody that's ever been in construction or that's been following this story at all. Uh, But then the second part being that we've seen uh, just yesterday that one of the protesters has been given a couple days in jail. And so, uh, you know, just... This, this story keeps being at the top of the list of what's happening in the area, it seems. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's in 20 years we may not be thinking about this, but it certainly seems it is important right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the one of the interesting thoughts, uh, things about the delay is that they're kind of um, making sure they're getting their whole, you know, 12 to 15 hour work day in on these on this project and that means that the sounds of construction and the commotion of construction are decreasing quality of life for the neighbors of the project um, who are already upset about the other impacts it's having on their land um, and their water. So there's just, you know, the tension is not being mitigated. In fact, it's still building around this. So we'll just Mm -hmm. make sure we keep an eye on it. Of course. Um, Really quick, wanted to add this little tidbit in here. This might just be a one-and-done kind of thing, but there was a confirmed case of rabies in the Raleigh Court neighborhood. As a dog owner and as someone who lives in that area, I was very interested to hear about this. Rabies is something that has been more myth than realistic in my life forever. Um, But, you know, just make sure your pets are updated on their vaccines, folks. We don't want to spread rabies. That sounds like the beginning of a sad book that I read when I was a child. So did they like just pick the raccoon up and well, apparently a dog it? had killed the raccoon. Oh, and, and the dog got it. And oh, so they don't, and then they tested the raccoon. Yeah, they tested uh, the raccoon. Okay. So it's, I think this is maybe the second case in the area recently, and so it's something definitely to be aware of. Mm-hmm. 
Makes mm. me like I don't really want to go out walking in the neighborhood when there's rabid animals. Just bring pepper spray if you're concerned. Pepper spray will usually. Anyway, we can talk about that another time. I have a lot of <laughs> contingency plans for encountering wildlife. <laughs> of course. Um, all right. Um, well, we talked about this right before we started recording, but uh, recently there was a vote in the county to rezone an area of land and some acreage to create a business park off of Woodhaven Road in the county. And all three of us had, you know, different things to say about this. Uh, and I'm curious what you guys think about that. Yeah, who's going to go first? Why don't you, <laughs> you kick us off. Got a personal as, connection here. I guess yeah. as somebody whose family, you know, I was raised on Thurland Road and then we moved to the city. Um, I hate to see that. Um, with the with the German Baptist community over there, and um, it, it, that that area is just not the place to put a business park for people to look out there, for people that have been looking out their windows to see mountains and trees for the last 40, 50 years, and now they're going to see a big industrial park. Like, um, I know change has to happen, but I guess it's just a little sad. Mm-hmm. Um, to see that, I mean, they have the Green Ridge there, and I know people in that community that have lived there for so long. Um, even my grandma, you know, right on Sweetenberg Lane, like that's a family, you know, family street. Um, so it, that kind of hits home a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I know things happen. I mean, it has to happen. The world revolves, and it's not going to stop with me just saying no. That's one of the main concerns, though, and why one of the voters voted no was that she was concerned about the community and about their quality of life, the increase in traffic, how maybe the infrastructure isn't there for it. But then again, they are planning to make some changes to the infrastructure to hopefully mitigate that. But, you know, this is it's it. There's no one clear answer for this. It's It's complicated. So. And I just, I, I wanted to share, I guess, you know, I, all of those concerns are very real and, yeah. and relevant. I think uh, the the perspective I wanted to bring was just, I talked recently with uh, Pete Eshelman, who shared a little bit about the backcountry.com story and about how they wanted to locate to the area. And they wanted to be, they need to be five minutes from the airport. And there was, the closest they could find was 25 minutes away in Christiansburg. And so I think they're, you know, there's this perception that there's tons of places to build, and I guess that the reality is, and I am not an expert on this, but yeah. the people that I trust tell me that that's not, it's not that easy to find locations for this. And so I guess, uh, you know, from some perspective, if they think this is the right way to go, maybe it needs to happen there, but that certainly yeah. doesn't. You know, it's hard to, it's always hard to say, tell a community, hey, mm-hmm. we're going to come in and radically change what you're used to seeing right. in this place. Right, right. And, and and I know, like I said, I know things happen. I guess I'm I'm thinking of I'm being more biased because my grandma. So I'm like, I don't need all that traffic out there with mm-hmm. my grandma living mm-hmm. there. And um, so absolutely. But I know things have to work, and I know things. But uh, if they go into it, you know, trying to respect the community, cool. Like, go for it. Hopefully, so if it if it makes Roanoke grow in a positive way, I'm all for it. It is, you know, it is an interesting thing in terms of, I think in many communities, this stuff happens so quickly that it never even makes the news or it's mm-hmm. a very small story. Whereas here, I think, you know, we're not used to these things happening mm-hmm. quite like this. And so it's a, perhaps it's a, a really good story. point. Yeah. That this kind of stuff, it's like, and also we're a little bit, um, I mean, rightfully so the community is 
sore about development that happened in the past that was done mm. without the proper, mm -hmm. you know, uh, attention to the communities that were surrounding it or literally in the spot that they came in and did it. So I think we're still a little bit like we need to think really hard about these things and make sure the community's involved mm -hmm. and which is great. And ho gosh, if we could learn from our mistakes, we'd be ahead of most communities yeah. in that way. Well, it makes it opens. This actually opens up a little, um, another eye for me because I'm so, I'm constantly so, uh, uh, focused on things in the city because I live in the city that you can quickly forget about the County right. and, um, uh, you know, the things that happen over there, too. Uh, it's, it is interesting from that perspective, too. This is a, the Salem, the city, and the county have all worked together on this. Right. So hmm. it's an interesting, an interesting collaborative venture yeah. there. Hmm. Well, um, I want to share one of the stories that I found to be most interesting this past week. Um, they're all interesting, but this was... The more I read this one, the more I was like, this is a weird story. Um, so as a Vinton police officer, who I don't want to give any names or anything or get us into any of that, but he apparently has been suspended from work and banned from testifying in federal court. There was apparently a variety of misconduct, including, quote, inappropriate behavior toward women and minorities, violations of investigative procedure, essentially that impaired his credibility. And so there's now a case where there's a bunch of convictions that he had gotten uh, that are now potentially no longer valid because he is no longer uh, a person that the courts view as a trustworthy uh, participant or, or, or someone that can speak uh, towards that. And so it's been fascinating just reading more of this. Apparently he was fired, uh, appealed that firing, and had to be rehired, which I can't imagine what that situation is like. That sounds awkward. Uh, and like now has been put on suspension immediately after he comes back on. But all of it, like <laughs> the question I'm left with all of this is like, how does this guy in some way still have a job mm -hmm. after all of this? Uh, but the final thing was that he has now, there's going to be a bunch of documents that are released about it uh, that he has tried to keep from being, coming out. Uh, but the judge has <clears> now allowed them to be released and says that the public has a right to know uh, out of this situation, which I think is good. And I'm intrigued to see. What will happen more of this because we do need to know. I think what's what's gonna, what's really been going on with this. Yeah, we need to to make sure those stories are are told so that we, as a citizenry, know what to look out yeah, for absolutely. in terms of our, mm -hmm. you know, they're protecting and serving us. So we need to know. So anyway, I, I don't think this story is over, but it's uh, I'm very intrigued by it. <laughs> uh, and then you've got this other. <laughs> wacky crime story yes so this one I, I i know i shouldn't laugh at this but i do find it quite humorous that um apparently russian hackers have stolen 2.4 million dollars from the bank of blacksburg um they did this in two separate times there was like two months where they gained administrative access to the bank of blacksburg and then at one point like it was like 700 million dollars or 700,000 that they stole at one point and 1.6 at the other or something along those lines. And it was done through ATMs. Like they used a bunch of ATMs throughout the country to just take money out, uh, totaling $2.4 million, which I can't imagine. 2.4. And so, and now apparently the insurance company is only offering to pay out 50,000 of that <laughs> back. And so the bank is taking the insurance company to court. And I don't mean to laugh, I just want my loans paid. <laughs> Like I really just want my student loans paid. 
Do you bank with Bank of Blacksburg? I don't. Oh, okay. I don't. Um, I don't either. Well, apparently this isn't. They're saying it doesn't affect anybody's money that's with them. But uh, that is crazy. I, with the, I have this magic picture in my mind of like, like you think of these hackers just stealing this money. But it's like they're like, well, actually, it's really hard work. Think about all those ATMs I have to yeah. go to to get a thousand dollars out at a time. Yeah, it's whatever. like a full time job to drive to all the ATMs. Million. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. But interestingly, I was talking to someone, uh, a friend of ours who's a cybersecurity person before we went on the air, and he was suggesting that this happens all the time, that probably the only reason we're hearing about this is because they had to file a lawsuit against yeah. the insurance company. Mm-hmm. Um, which just, in some ways, it makes me think, like, what is, like, is this money even real when we're stealing it and it's being replaced like this? It's just, you know. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, on the we're on the you know crime path here. I just wanted to <laughs> do a quick. You know, I read an article about you may have seen that uh, a, a knife attack happened on the Greenway behind Blue Cow Ice Cream, um, and that we're not really talking about that article necessarily. But what came to light was that the pers- the person that was attacked had pre- had filed for a protective order with the police, and the police have gone on record since then saying you know. It's a common misconception, but protective orders don't actually um, provide protection. You don't have any protection granted to you. It is meant to discourage malicious acts by those filed against. So I thought that was important to bring up as an FYI that um, there are different types of protective orders. uh, And the minimum one is really just a discouraging sort of letter that gets sent to the person. And I think it's just along the same lines as what we've been talking about before. It's more just the news helps inform our um, understanding of how our community works and how the various different organizations that provide protections and security work around us. So I thought that was very interesting. I didn't know that and wanted to bring it up. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. Well, in some ways, I think it just goes to show what uh, how handcuffed the police are to actually do anything, even when they know that something potentially could be happening. Right. And there's a dangerous situation. It's just... Yeah, it can be a scary world sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, speaking of. <laughs> speaking of, yes. Uh-huh. I just wanted to follow up on our story that we mentioned from last week that uh, the gentleman that fell from McAfee's knob has unfortunately passed away. And so I just want to give our condolences out to his family, but also just encourage everyone, please be safe, that we love the outdoors, we love where we live, but, you know, recognize the danger in these situations. Uh, but from that said, note, why don't we transition here and, and, and talk a little bit about our spotlights for the week. Uh, Xavier, you want to kick us off there? Yeah, I'll start with the, the Eat RKE. Um, Xavier, oh, I just talked in third person. Um, <laughs> Ariel, uh, Ariel and I, Xavier, um, got the chance to... Uh, do a nice little shoot for Village Grill. I mean, not Village Grill, for Scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, they're introducing their new lunch menu. Um, you should definitely go check it out. I had the soup. Um, it was extremely good. Oh, was it? Yeah. It's good to even, hear. Even after I let it sit and get cold and take <laughs> pictures of it. Um, but it was really good. So you can get baked potatoes, sandwiches, burgers. I wouldn't um, say these are just baked potatoes. They're like... Yeah, I mean, the, the first one is called the, bir- the birthday soup. <laughs> yeah, the they last have one is hilarious called the, big, names. the piggyback, the big sexy. Yeah, the and Chuck they're the Norris. size of like, um, I don't know, my head. Basically, I would say <laughs> that that right? was a 
right? Great Remember? comparison. Yeah, like my face. <laughs> Imagine it as a baked potato. It's filled with stuff. They're huge and reasonably priced, of course. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely wanted to shout that out um, and shout out Nathan uh, for his consistent work. Um, and make sure you go follow eat.rke on Instagram. Um, check out some new food places in Roanoke. Um, but the scratch, the scratch lunch menu is open and available. Yum yum. It's open now. We can, it is yep. open right now. They're open until three, I think, for lunch. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. So you could go today. Can you still get um, biscuit items during lunchtime? They they did have they did have biscuit biscuit items. Um, I'm not. We're consulting. Really the... sure in five. Yeah, four, no. Three. Yeah, check it out. Okay. Sandwiches served on toast wrap, boil roll, or a scratch biscuit. Idea. Um, the roll that n- name I butchered is like a bun, basically, but it's a different shape. We learned about this last time. Bo- mm-hmm. Boil roll. It's Italian. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, that's that's my. Uh, Thanks. That's my Xavier. highlight of the day. Very good. You're making me hungry here. It's not Absolutely. Um, but I want to share the the collab business spotlight for the week, and I want to I want to uh, look at Book No Further, which is uh, if you guys don't know Roanoke's uh, independent bookstore down in 16 West these days. Um, uh, they've been really good to to us as CityWorks Expo, but also good uh, just as an individual to work with. She's been very helpful if you're interested in publishing a book or anything like that, and they've done some really interesting events. So uh, you know, and I think it. My main thing as a book person is that I love the fact that we have an independent bookstore at this point. And so uh, it's a, I just want to give them a shout out and encourage everybody to go down there and support them so that we can continue to have that asset. to the Can area. I do a sub shout out Absolutely. for them? So Book No Further is awesome. Right next door in in the same space as Little Green Hive, which is a family owned coffee shop. They the have two locations. Best smoothies yeah i had one for lunch yesterday super good um but just i always want to say like that family that owns little green hive uh they are just the best they're so nice they care a lot about their customer experience so sub shout out go get a book get a coffee or smoothie or both whatever not judging judging you and (laughs) hang out at 16 west just to be clear, I totally will judge you if you don't get books. So go get your book first. Oh, then. I meant both coffee and smoothie. And smoothie. Well, you of know. course you're getting a book. That's I mean, a yeah, given. That's... Um, up next, I've got the arts and culture spotlight for the week. Um, the Aurora downtown is a mixed-use uh, building. that ha- It's a historic building that was renovated a few years ago. And it's got some uh, really cool apartments. And then in the basement, there's um, a workshop and studio space with, um, they've got sort of the exercise studio that has uh, aerial silks and acro yoga happening down there, and then studios with different artists and different creative companies. And they also have an art gallery, so they always have a show every month, and the one that's coming up on, that's opening on Friday, August 3rd, is called Phosphine, and it's actually curated by Elijah Webb, who is um, an intern at one of the studios down there, and um, she is a Roanoke native, and she's studying art history at William Mary. Her goal with the show is to promote the art of young female and gender nonconforming artists. And there are four artists mm-hmm. presented in this show. All of them, um, you know, very very interesting folks. I know a few of them personally, and their work is incredible. And there's going to be a community art wall also, so you can bring your own art and pin it up on the community wall. So 
definitely come check that out. We'll put it in the newsletter, which you should sign up for on our website, RoanoakWeekly.com. <laughs> Weekly newsletter, lots of events, other cool links, etc. Do, do we know how long the show is going to be up? Probably for the whole month is okay. what they normally do. But the opening is Friday, August 3rd, 5 to 9 p.m. They usually have snacks, and the artists will be there, and it'll be fun. Very cool. Great. Well, uh, any other events we want to share this week? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple. Um, it's it's getting close to, to back to school time. Um, uh, the Humble Hustle Company, and uh, along with the Y, MCA Express um, on Gainesboro, um, the Village Grill, UBU, and the home team, um, <clears throat> they're having uh, the third back to school drive. Well, not drive, but giveaway. Um, last year, uh, last year we gave away like 250 book bags and um, supplies with hygiene items, toothpaste, uh, lotion, things like that. Um, the kids get to eat for free. Um, they also get to play in the pool. Um, so that's coming up, coming up on August 11th. There's also another school um, school supply drive, and this is sponsored by Open Door Christian Fellowship, um, and this is specifically for the Hurt Park Elementary School students. Um, it is July 22nd through August 26th. I know that the Grand & Co. Lab is one of the drop-off spots. Um, various things that are needed, um, the basics, book bags, glue sticks, number two pencils, crayons, color pencils, dry erase markers, um, the rundown <clears throat> for going back to school. Um, so I know if, you, if you're in this area and you want to drop off things, um, you could drop off things at Village or you could drop off things at the CoLab. Um, just do your good deed. Awesome. Very good. Um, Xavier, what percentage of uh, Roanoke City students are on free and reduced lunch? Do we know? I do not know the, um, the actual percentage. But I know that they changed it to where um, um, I don't want to. I don't want to say it wrong. Um, I don't know. I don't know the actual percentage, um, but I can find that out for you. Well, and, I, I just—it's a very high number. Uh, yeah, it's extremely high. Um, we'll put it in the newsletter. Yeah, we'll yeah. Just do yeah, a little fact add high. in. So just you know, there's a great need for these things. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I want to say every kid eats free. I think it, I, I'm yeah, pretty sure every kid. The is number free. was last I heard. The number was something like 95, 96 yeah, percent. So they yeah. just made it free for. They everybody. just made it free for everybody, yeah. and then if you have extra money, you, you can wow. pay for those little snacks and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm very sure that every every kid eats free in the city. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, you would be amazed by how many kids go come to school on the first day of school with nothing. I mean, not a coat, not a jacket. I mean, not a book bag, not a box of tissues, nothing. This is a, a question just because I'm curious. In terms of book bags and things like that, if you have like a lightly used one that you're trying to offload, mm -hmm. would it be something you could donate to this? Or do you need, is it just school supplies like new pencils and pens and things like that? So, uh, you know, I, it's tough because you want all the kids to go back with the with their new things mm -hmm. so they can have a little bit more pride sure, in it. Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> but I'm sure, you know, used. I mean, I guess that's what yeah. our local, you know, Goodwills and things like that are good for right. as well. So just was curious in case people show up. I don't want people to be bringing the wrong types of things. So yeah. we're trying to get new products for absolutely. this. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Got I think it. Um, 
I think it's. I mean, they're like right now. We looked on. We looked at the Walmart and Clearbrook. They have book bags for two ninety seven. Great. The okay. Valley View Walmart is four ninety seven. So I mean, if you even just go to Starbucks or something like that and break a twenty, just go pick up a book bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I doubt it's gonna break anybody, but um, yeah, brand brand new is is the goal to just kind of give those yeah. kids a sense of pride. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, is that all we've got for today, friends? Yeah, I think that covers it. Okay. As always, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. RoanokeWeekly.com is where you can find out all that info. We do send out a weekly newsletter with the link to the podcast and the events we've talked about, any other information. Um, And leave us a a review and let us know what you want to hear more about. And follow EatRKE on Instagram, eat.rke. It's a great account run by, you know, a stranger I've never met before. (laughs) And um, it's a lot of fun. And you'll learn about restaurants in town that are locally owned. So check it out. Oh, and also follow us on Instagram at Roanoke Weekly. (laughs) Just to piggyback on that, wherever you're listening to this, please do give us a rating and review. It really helps other people find out about this. And uh, it also makes us feel really good. So if you want to give a bad review... Just just do that. <laughs> Write it out in, in Word and keep it to yourself. But if it's a good one, please post it. Uh, if it's a bad review, just email us and talk to us. Yes. Talk to us about your feelings. Right. So thanks, John. Yeah, thanks. See you next week. Yes.